0: Hi, this is Steve Nerlich. Why, 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 why cheap astronomy? Yeah, why? And this is Dear Cheap Astronomy, episode 100 Some Impossible Things Before Breakfast. Just in case we haven't mentioned it before, there are some things in the universe you either can't do or can't know about. Which is not to say we'll never do such things or we'll never know such things but right now that doesn't seem too likely. For example Dear Cheap Astronomy Is there really no way to travel faster than light? Well, no. But there's no harm in us going through the options again. 1. Just doing it As we've discussed many times now the maximum speed you can move through space-time is the speed at which your duration of travel between two points approaches zero. Relativity thought experiments suggest that as you approach the maximum speed distances within your direction of travel will begin to approach zero so whatever destination you choose to travel to you get there almost immediately and always just that bit before you achieve light speed. So even if you could travel up near the speed of light, you still can't go to Alpha Centauri and be back in time for tea. It might seem like a quick trip to you, but anyone back on Earth won't see you again for more than 8 years, since Alpha Centauri is 4.3 light years away. But putting all these thought experiments aside, Even if you did have a magical star drive, capable of producing constant acceleration, you'd still never be able to approach light speed. The universe is not empty, so simple collisions with dust grains will slow you down, and with more and more force, the faster you go. So, in a nutshell, not only can't you travel faster than light, you can't even travel as fast as light. 2. Quantum Stuff There are various mechanisms that get tossed around in quantum mechanics discussions. Quantum entanglement being a good example. Since two entangled particles placed at opposite sides of the galaxy do still respond to each other's confirmed states, there's some kind of spooky action at a distance which enables a signal to cross light years in an instant. This doesn't sit well with the way we understand the universe through relativity physics, but that's quantum mechanics for you. Quantum mechanics also offers other options for tunneling straight through space-time, not in the way that wormholes do. It's more about the inherent uncertainty of the positions of subatomic particles, which could be there, but hey, now they seem to be over there. Nonetheless... All these potential mechanisms just enable very small, insubstantial things to move faster than light. The moment you try to scale anything up to spacecraft size, none of these principles work anymore. There's a similar problem with wormholes, which are hypothetical structures arising from relativity physics. So while you might be able to make photons cross galaxies in an instant by slipping into a wormhole here, And slipping out another wormhole there, any material object would be crushed into a singularity on its way through. 3. Send information. Of course, you can readily send information at the speed of light, in the form of radio waves or whatever. The idea here is to apply the premise of the science fiction movie species. So you radio instructions for building a human genome across the galaxy. An alien civilization receives the message, feeds it into a 3D printer, and voila, a human will have traveled across the galaxy at the speed of light. Or faster than the speed of light if you do manage to crack the spooky action at a distance mechanism. However, you'll need to transmit a lot more information than just nucleotide coding. An actual chromosome is a hugely complex weave of DNA held together by histones and requiring things like ribosomes to translate it and pretty much the whole cellular machinery is required to respond to those instructions. That machinery including mitochondria which have their own genetic coding. And it remains to be seen if an alien race receiving the transmission is going to be able to comprehend it or have the underlying molecular materials available to construct the necessary carbon-based building blocks and even if they did, could they really be bothered going through with it? To go through with it, the information pack you send would also have to include complex information on nutrition, healthcare, and a whole bunch of stuff about bringing up a child which does make the whole thing start to sound a bit nightmarish, or a bit like an episode of Implausible Engineering. But if it did somehow work out, then yes, there is a way for people to travel as fast as light. But faster than light, given photons can't even manage it, it seems highly unlikely we'll ever get a spacecraft to do it. On the positive side though, new ideas for how we might do it are popping up every day So, there'll be plenty more cheap astronomy episodes to come that investigate why none of those ideas will work either. This is the middle bit. Even though the future does offer some undreamt technology solutions, we don't think it's likely that faster than light travel will be one of them. An ultimate speed limit is probably a fundamental feature of any universe, which no technological solution can overcome. Alternatively, it could be the case that we just don't understand the universe as well as we think we do. After all, there are still some pretty big things out there that we still have no idea about. For example, Dear Cheap Astronomy, Is the current expansion of the universe just the tail end of early inflation? the expansion of the universe is something we can readily observe. Indeed, since the further out we look, the further back in time we are looking, it's apparent that varying rates of expansion have been going on since the cosmic microwave background was released. That occurred when the hot, young and dense universe had cooled sufficiently to enable the first atoms to form which then cleared the way for radiation to move unimpeded in straight lines for the first time. This is what all the radiation in the universe proceeded to do in a universe-wide flash, the cooled remnant of which is still observable today as the cosmic microwave background, the CMB. The CMB is the earliest light that is visible to us. And so what may have happened before that big flash is an area of some speculation which may eventually be confirmed or otherwise by gravitational wave or neutrino data or just by higher resolution observations of the CMB. The CMB's existence represents evidence that the universe was already undergoing expansion at that early time and hence the universe must have been even smaller and hotter and denser before the CMB was released. Extrapolating that thinking and applying our modern understanding of subatomic physics has led to the widely accepted conclusion that the universe initially expanded from a tiny Planck scale volume about 380,000 years before the CMB flash. And if it is the case that the universe's current energy mass density had persisted right back to those earliest moments, then that early and very dense universe should surely have collapsed into a black hole unless some expansive process was at work right from the start. Indeed, the remarkable evenness And minimal clumping that's seen in the CMB, essentially a baby photo of the early universe, suggests that in those earliest moments, gravity was largely overwhelmed by whatever expansive processes were in play. So... Current thinking is that there must have been an orders of magnitude inflation that took place within the first microseconds of the universe sufficient to spread everything right out from the scale of a dot to something like the scale of the Milky Way or before any gravitational clumping began the formation of the first stars and galaxies. But all that said, it's important to note that that early inflation is largely a hypothesis, while current cosmic expansion is a readily observable phenomenon. It's hence difficult to say anything definite about whether the current cosmic expansion is just the tail end of early inflation, since we're not sure that early inflation actually happened. A lot of theorists favour the idea that it's the energy mass density of the universe that has determined its varying rates of expansion. On that basis, it makes sense that early inflation would have been stupendously rapid and then slowed as the universe's contents became diluted due to volume expansion. However, this line of thinking runs into a problem since we now know the universe's expansion started speeding up again as it approached 10 billion years of age. So, if it is the case that the universe's expansion rate is determined by the density of its contents, it hence becomes necessary to propose a new type of contents, dark energy, which is maintain the accelerating expansion despite the dilution of everything else. Mind you, other theorists propose that the universe's expansion isn't especially determined by its contents, it just expands because that's what it does. And its rate of expansion has been accelerating as the gravitation of the universe's increasingly diluted contents has weakened. Under either of these theoretical frameworks, no one actually has the faintest idea what the underlying mechanism is that makes space-time expand. It's not a phenomenon we can replicate in a laboratory or a particle collider, although it clearly does happen out there at pan-galactic scales. But anyway, back to the original question. At this point in time, it's just not clear if inflation and expansion are related processes. Current expansion is proposed to be driven by dark energy while early inflation is not. And current expansion is accelerating while early inflation is thought to have started in a huge burst that then decelerated. And again, Whether inflation or expansion are driven by the same mechanism is also an unknown, given that we haven't the faintest idea what that mechanism, or mechanisms, could be. And so, back to the telescopes. This is the end bit. So, there you go. It really doesn't seem likely we will ever travel faster than light, not because we can't build the technology, but because it just isn't possible it does seem a lot more likely we will gain a greater understanding of how the universe formed, as well as how and why it expands. And that will probably grow from achieving a better understanding of the most mysterious aspect of our universe, nothing. That is, empty space-time. But that's it for another episode of Dear Cheap Astronomy. If you've got a space science question, or you just want to acknowledge an ignorance of all things, why not write to CheapAstro at gmail.com and let us be clueless for you. Thanks for listening. Steve Nerlick, Cheap Astronomy.